Well, welcome back to Shades of Green, the the pre-recorded version of Shades of Green on KOOP HD1 HD3 Hornsby with John Hoffner and Reed Sternberg. We are talking energy today, and we've got a lot of experts in the house with us. We were just talking with Peter Kelly Detweiler, who gave us a good energy update, state of the state, especially in lieu in uh, in the wake of what happened here in Texas. Uh, we've also got with us today Brandon Casantero. Cos- he is the executive director at Cleantex, uh, which is the hosting organization of the upcoming Grid Next. And we've also got uh, Ken Donahue, and he is a longtime local engineer as well as a board member with Cleantex. Thanks so much for joining us and listening in for the first segment. Um, let's go ahead and start off with just a little bit about what Cleantex is. Uh, Brandon, would you like to kind of give us the kickoff of, of what the hosting organization is all about? Yeah, absolutely. So the um, traditional or the original clean techs was founded um, to kind of focus on clean technologies and upcoming um, startups in Austin and the Texas area. And then we obviously merged with TRIA last year, which um, we came on your show and talked about. So uh, between the two, the uh, combined organization now is the largest nonprofit in the state when it comes to dealing with clean technologies, renewables, um, all those things. Um, And basically we put together a great group of thought leaders. They're really focused on a lot of these evolving um, clean technologies and renewables um, across the state as we continue to modernize the grid. And of course the last uh, month it's been challenging. Um, It's been, it's been quick, quick moving with a lot of moving pieces after the winter storm and um, our board of directors and our organization was quick to respond to it. And, that's that's kind of what we focused on with our last webinar and with our upcoming Grid Next conference. Yeah, and just to clarify for our listeners, TRIA stands for Texas Renewable Energy Industries Alliance. And that was uh, a kind of synergistic organization to Cleantex, but the merger, you guys decided to keep the Cleantex name. Uh, do you have any wisdom behind what that, what that choice was? I know TRIA, when unabbreviated, is a pretty wordy uh, organization name. Yeah, so basically we looked at the overall organization um, and the two things that were the most recognizable um, with everyone was um, Grid Next, which we kept that conference name, mm-hmm. um, but then the Clean Tech name, just because it was a little bit more overarching and encompassing of everything that we represent. Mm-hmm. Um, so we wanted to make sure that we had a nod to both existing legacy organizations and really bring the two together. So um, the, the signature piece of everything that we do is Grid Next every year. Um, it focuses, it's very forward thinking, focuses on the future of the grid and the future of renewables. And that's, uh, that's the reason that we kept the Grid Next conference name, but went with the clean tech organization name. Yeah, well, Brandon, that's great. And I, I'm so glad that you've uh, merged. Uh, one of the questions I have is that, are you still considering yourself a trade association? And, and then Adding to that question is, do you do any kind of uh, lobbying? I know that was a big, uh, contra- not controversial, but an issue associated with TRIA and trying to decide what they would do with that. Yes, so we definitely still consider ourselves a trade organization. We are not doing lobbying at this time. Um, one of the things that we are doing, though, is aligning ourselves with other nonprofits and trade organizations across the state that have similar values and um, represent similar um, value propositions that we do. Um, I think that there's some potential to do a little bit of, um, I wouldn't go as far as lobbying, but influencing down the road. Um, And we're definitely exploring those areas and we will continue to do that. One of the biggest things that we really um, push forward with is our education component and really making sure that we're out there with our webinars and with um, our Grid Next conference. I mean, we did a, our first major webinar last fall that we did together as a combined organization was we 
um, showcase the four climate action plans of the four cities, Texas, Austin, Houston, and San Antonio. Over 200 people attended that. It was so well attended that the UK government actually reached out to us and wanted to participate. So we got them involved. Um, and we did a second part to that webinar that focused on climate action plans and what the UK has done and what we can learn from that here in Texas. Mm. Um, this last week, um, la the second week of March, we did a webinar um, and did the debunk the myths of the energy crisis. Um, we had over 200 registrations and over 150 people that live attended the webinar. So our, our events are being extremely well attended. In fact, I think everything that we're doing as a combined organization exceeds any any expectations that we had and any um, attendance that we had as previous non-merged organizations. So we're quite happy with how things are going with the merger. Yeah, and you know, I noticed that you've got, I got a chance to check out your website leading up to the conversation today. And uh, I noticed you've got a lot of firepower in your board of directors and your advisory board. And we've got some of that firepower with us today in, in, in the form of uh, Kenneth Donahue. Um, how much of that is coming from the fact that you had these two organizations merge? Is, is, is this remnants of both organizations coming together? Because it's a pretty deep bench you've got there. Kenneth, do you want to address that? And which organization camp do you come with come from originally? Yeah, my background, I'm a power system planner and modeler. I've uh, been doing it for over 38 years. I'm senior director of engineering at Electric Power and Engineers here in Austin. Of course, our events recently really stirred up a lot of activity and a lot of interest in what we're doing on electric power and in the renewable space. Yes, uh, joining TRIA and Cleantech was really, really good. TRIA was a lot of uh, geeky engineers and people where Cleantech was a, another group and coming together, real good synergies came together and it's gotten really active. I mean, our overall goal is to exchange information and experiences, and that's what's really working. And we do a lot of information exchange, thought leadership, and strategic partnerships. It's amazing. We have over 100 companies and active uh, systems of entrepreneurs and, and regional partners. Uh, it's really going great. I, I've been it's been energizing for me too. I've been around the industry for a long time, and meeting this new group has really made it a lot better. Um, the biggest thing is the exchange have gotten more active of information and talking about what ifs and what could be. I mean, one of the things we've got to understand right now, the electric industry is at a major crossroad. Our traditional approaches to problem solving are being replaced by new technologies, including these resources, you know, all over the place, including distributed automation. And the biggest thing we've got right now, the decisions we make today are gonna to affect how power is supplied for decades to follow. I mean, because that, that's what we're into. Um, the increasing implementation of distributed resources is making a complete change in fundamental review and continuous evaluation of the existing infrastructure. You know, and how do we plan and operate it? Um, what are the communications around it? Uh, everything else. I mean, myself as a planner, I experienced the storm. I learned new things out of it that I was not expecting. And the biggest thing was the interdependencies of all these different pieces from fuel all the way to end use customer. Uh, I mean, here I was in the dark, didn't have internet, didn't have a TV, uh, barely had a radio, cell signal was, was poor. Uh, it brought new things to light and different things we were doing here at the house, uh, you know, on personal exchange. So <laughs> how do we do that out there and prevent these things in the future? There's a lot of quick things we can do that are fairly simple, just communications and processes. 
there's going to be a lot longer things that we need more to look at. But um, things are changing. Uh, we know that. Well, we've got to respond to that change. That's that's why I like being a planner. It's never boring. Yeah, there's been so much focus uh, on you know national and local level uh, on Texas recently because of the recent energy uh, issues and outage and all that. Um, I would imagine that there's been maybe some increase. Has there been any uptick in attention, clean tax inquiries coming your way as far as what your organization's position is on, on recovering from this and preparing for the future? Yeah, we've had, we've had a lot of increase. Yeah, a lot of increase all the way across. Thank you, Brandon. Uh, it's, it's kind of interesting. It's been give and take is what I would say, pluses and minuses. Yeah. But I, I think as we look at the storm and, and the data comes together, we found out that, hey, the industry performed very well. Um, and, and we're learning new those things and we're applying those things. That's what's the biggest thing that we're doing right now. We're more aware than we were before. Yeah. You want to add to that, Brandon? On, on, yeah, go ahead, Brandon. Yeah, no, I think that, I mean, it's for our organization, it's definitely um, been a good thing. We've had a lot of new interest in new members, a lot of people wanting to be involved. Um, it's, it's, it's one of those... Um, probably lifetime events that everybody's going to remember. So um, we definitely want to make sure that we're the thought leader when it comes to that. Our, we had great pieces that we put out within a week of the event by Ken Halla, EP, Tynes, who used to be an attorney at Tesla, who's on our board. So we want to make sure that we're putting out good information, but we also wanted to take time to make sure that we're actually reading the data, uh, make sure that we understand what we're, what we're seeing and make sure that we put out factual information. We'll continue to expand on that at this year's Grid Next conference. And in fact, um, we kind of pivoted. Um, the whole topic of this year's Grid Next conference is um, resiliency in the grid. We're having an in-depth conversation about what happened, um, how we move forward from this, how we learn from it, and how we uh, become better as a state and as a grid um, based on everything that experience, we experienced in February. And then I think after that, we're going to continue to have conversations after Grid Next. We have a webinar planned in May um, that's going to talk about personal resiliency. One of our board members, one of the funniest things I heard during all this was that nobody knows how to conserve water. Nobody could take a three-minute shower if they had to. Um, so I think there's, I think there's some real lessons that we learned outside of the grid um, and everything that went wrong, everything that happened with um, the power outages. There's, there's a lot more to the story, and we want to make sure that we touch on that when it comes to personal resiliency um, with our webinar following Grid Next in May. Well, that's great. And I, I think it's critically important that you guys are out there in the conversation because there's so much misinformation flying around. I, I mean, I saw an article that was published, I think, in the Wall Street Journal by one of our railroad commissioners, and it was out and out false. I mean, there were falsities. They talked about how he kept using the word renewables are unreliable. Well, they're not unreliable. They're reliable. We know how to predict it. And so people capture that. They see that little bit of information. And they say, oh, it was unreliable. Well, all the, all the gas plants, not all of them, but most of the gas plants were unreliable as well. So getting your information out is, is critically important because there's so much misinformation. And I think the thing that was really bad about this um, outage was that you know, the governor came out first to say, oh, it was the wind farms and the solar plants that, that caused it. And so it seems like if you get it out there first, then it's hard to recover back from it. I mean, then we had talked, they had talked about how the helicopters were out in the near the wind farms and pouring fossil fuels <laughs> to, to de-ice the wind plants when it turned out that that helicopter was a picture of Sweden. 
uh, a long time ago. But one of the things that, and I'll ask this to uh, Kenneth, um, that doesn't seem to be part of the conversation, and you mentioned it, is distributed energy. Um, I think that a lot of issues could have been solved with we had a lot more microgrids and you know, we, we talked about how certain parts of the grid were already being protected. You know, you had people that were on the same circuit as a hospital, but it seems like there's a lot of opportunity and a lot of discussion on distributed renewable energy. And maybe you can comment on that, Kenneth. Well, yeah, I think one of the key pieces we could do is there a way that we can optimize the distributed resources to lessen the impact of the event. Uh, same thing, could we do something on a personal side and even as businesses in advance of the storm that could have helped quite a bit. Also, we had a lot of outages and there was a lot of rooftop solar that wasn't available. Could we somehow do distribution automation or better distribution switching to have that those rooftop solar panels being optimized? Um, I was out, my neighbor two doors down has a rooftop solar panel. When he was out, he couldn't do anything. Was Could there have been a way of me being out and him being on to try to get those resources onto the grid? Mm -hmm. uh, and that's going to be more and more of a factor. And then we talk about distributed resources. We talk about batteries and so on. Uh, I think there are things that we could have done uh, to help out quite a bit in the long term. The problem is, is trying to control all these different things at the same time. When we lost communication, the internet, um, that, that's a big key, and that's got to be secure. So I, I think there's a lot of lists. I've got a whole list of things to do, um, short and quick ones, like example, my own house, how do I save energy? Uh, I built an energy-efficient house on purpose, and it came through very well. Mm. Yes, the lights were out, but we weren't as cold as others. Um, I think there's many different things we could be doing. Yeah. As individuals and on a micro level is what you're talking about, and I, I think that's really the important thing is to be able to have microgrids and to be able to have sharing of, of resources. Like you say, your neighbor, suppose you had a, a solar system and he had a solar system with a battery and then you could be, you know, joining each other and sharing with each other. And then suppose you had an electric vehicle in your garage that could go right. in either direction, which I think would be a fascinating thing in the future. Um, but there are many things that are going to be unraveling uh, regarding what what happened and how to how to solve it uh, for the next big storm that we get. I think one of the big things is people need to realize we are all the grid. We aren't disconnected. The wires are what tie us together. Mm -hmm. We're all the grid. We're all part of it. So if there's a problem, we're all part of the problem. Let's all be part of the solution rather than the problem. Mm -hmm. And I think to go along with that, one of the biggest things we have to recognize is that these aren't once in a hundred year storms anymore. Um, they're, they're happening more frequently. We need to be better prepared for them. And I think this was a good wake up call for all of us. If you are just tuning in, you are listening to Shades of Green on Co-op 91.7 FM on your dial and on the web at koop.org. We are talking about the upcoming Grid Next conference, which will be online on April 20th and 21st. Our guests are board member Ken Donahue and executive director Brandon Cosentino for the nonprofit called Cleantex. Now back to our interview. John, you were talking a little bit about it earlier. That was the whole inspiration for our webinar in March was there was just so much misinformation out there that we really wanted to try to give 
um, some traction to facts and some traction to data. So that's why we hosted our webinar. We let people um, submit questions ahead of time that our panel, including Ken and Peter, answered live um, on our webinar last month. Um, and it, it was the, the amount of misinformation was mind boggling. Like I was on my personal Facebook and I had family members who live in Indiana and Ohio that were sharing articles on their Facebook that all of Texas wind turbines had froze up. Like it mm. was, it, I literally most nights would go to sleep and just be my head against the wall. So yeah. <laughs> I, I think the exchange of information and getting good data out there is one of the most critical elements to what, what we do at clean Texas. Yeah. And, and it is Quick editorial comment on that, because you were talking about that, John, too, the mis all the misinformation out there. Uh, the fact is that when when reality is not on your side, that's when these misinformation, this type of misinformation becomes prevalent. And uh, editorial comment, you know, th this is not, you know, this is not the, the boom day for the fossil fuel industry. This is and, you know, this is a, a changing economy, a changing um, world structure with regard to energy. And, and that's just unfortunate, but it's just reality. When the truth is not on your side and reality is not on your side, you see a lot of this misinformation. We just have to get past that and push through with reality. Yeah. And that, that article that I was mentioning ended up, he ended up by saying that we should be turning to the cheapest fuels that we have right now, oil, gas, and nuclear. Well, there's plenty of articles, at least that indicate that wind is still the cheapest electric generation source once it's up and running and and we should look at it that way is when we we can run it we run it it's not ever thought of and and kenneth you were you were involved in in the ERCOT days and and you never gave a wind turbine necessarily a big capacity credit and so you you look at it as energy whereas you look at the other power plants as as you know capacity and quote backup um, so it's really the, the, the misinformation is that it's a misapplication of the types of generation you have there um, and to use uh, Could I also diversity. add to that, that if we had had the same kind of investment for the last hundred years in renewables to where we are now with the fossil fuel industry, it would be a completely different picture too. Many of the things that we're dealing with that, that are proposed, you know, that are purported as shortcomings for renewable energy are overcomable obstacles as we achieve economies of scale and improvements of efficiency and battery. It's a temporary situation. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so let's get back to grid next. I, 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 we have this upcoming event. We've got a, a you know a, a wealth of information and knowledge that uh, you guys bring to the table as as the amalgamation of both clean techs and Tria. Um, what does the virtual uh, the virtual aspect of this do for you in terms of reach? Are you going to have some participants that you might not otherwise have? And, and how about on the, on the attendee front as well? Uh, you've got a broader opportunity here for people to attend, right? Yeah. So we did our first virtual grid next last year. It went, it went quite well for being the first one since we had a merged organization, definitely some lessons learned from it. Um, we'll take those and implement them for this year's event. Um, but it is a virtual event. It gives us, uh, better ability to not only get panelists and speakers, but also attendees. Um, and I'll just quickly give you a summary of some of the things that we'll be talking about. I mean, as you mentioned with the session with Peter, um, one of the staples of Gridnext is Peter Kelly Dettweiler gives an executive summary of um, the not only renewables and um, the energy situation, but he's also going to talk about and do an executive high-level summary of the energy crisis that happened this year. So definitely looking forward to Peter's executive summary. We're going to start the day right after that 
um, with a briefing from a meteorologist talking about what happened with the um, winter storm in February, how it happened, how it occurred, kind of what led us to where um, we where we were at with the power outages and with um, the energy crisis across the state. Mm-hmm. Ken's going to lead us um, on a couple panels, including talking about modernization and winter, winterization of the grid and also doing a um, interactive se- question and answer session about what we learned from the 2021 energy crisis and winter storm. We're doing a panel with some utilities. We're talking about policy related issues. And then we're talking about residential stol- solar and storage. Um, and then that personal resiliency component. So there's some really good sessions that are going to take place this year. Ken, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit more about, especially, I think the two that you're kind of chairing are going to probably be two of the most popular ones. So I'll give you a few minutes to talk about kind of what we're going to discuss. Yeah, we're going to talk about a little bit about what happened, you know, and, and kind of have a Q&A session about it. A lot of people um, go, go through that. And then we're going to talk about what are the things to increase their resiliency. And, and there's two different things. Planning and resiliency are linked. Okay, the problem is we have to plan for resiliency. And it's a big P. And it's a how well can we recover? I think there's a lot of things we can do on prevention. Um, it's going to be interesting talking about that and going through it and the different pieces. I, I, I'll tell you, we're an energy state. Tex- Texans can do it. We love all forms. I want a diverse mix. I don't want all of our eggs in one basket and then that somebody drops the basket. That's my biggest concern right now. And we're all growing through this. We've done, done it through the different technologies through the years. Many years ago, we just had gas and oil power plants. Then we had nuclear plants. We had coal. We had combined cycle combustion turbines, cogen plants. We've all learned something all the way through. Wind, solar, batteries, distributed resources, microgrids, rooftop solar, homes with batteries, homes with EVs, businesses with EVs. Um, My neighbor over here sells uh, buses and I've been asking him about electric buses. Could that be a resource during these events? I mean, that's a lot of battery storage uh, that could be available. So all these different things is what we're talking about. Uh, It's what it could be, not, let's look, is it possible or not? And we had actually kind of already talked about our theme for this year's Grid Next um, was going to be resiliency long before the winter storm. It kind of came out of last year's hurricane season. Um, So I think um, between that and now the winter storm and everything that happened in February, we really want to make sure that uh, Grid Next is forward thinking and want to make sure that we're looking towards the future and um, taking those lessons learned and actually applying them. Well, it sounds like an incredibly exciting agenda um, and very relevant for what just happened in I think you guys planned that storm just so you would get people to come to grid next. Right. But anyway, what tell, tell people uh, before we get too uh, close to the end, we're running out of time even right now, but the, the dates and times and how to uh, sign up for grid next. Yeah. So it's April 20th and 21st. We're actually doing something brand new this year on the afternoon of April 20th. Um, we're doing an entry level um, kind of entry level session into clean technologies and renewables for those people who don't know what ERCOT is or don't know what the grid is or don't know what renewables are, kind of giving them a way to get their feet wet um, if they're interested. And then all day on Wednesday, April 21st is going to be our annual conference with those sessions that we just talked about. Um, so they can go to cleantech.org slash grid next to learn about the schedule, um, the sessions and purchase tickets for this year's event. Hmm. So that first day, it sounds really exciting. That's for the average non-renewable, non-grid uh, techie person. 
Yeah, so we just had a lot of interest in that area and we've never done anything like this. So Peter's actually going to lead that half day session and kind of just get people's feet wet. Um, if they want to know more about renewables, um, cl clean energy, um, some climate change related issues, that's where we're going to start them at. And yeah. I think Kim might have something. By the way, that, that session, I learned something every single time. So it's not the newbie, it's the mm -hmm. old guy, technical guy too. I've learned something every single time Peter talks. Mm -hmm. Well, great. Sounds like an exciting two days and, and it's a new format. And I guess like Rita asked earlier is that you're now maybe able to do wider and further reach. Um, it used to be that you, know, you had to come to the conference and you had to be in the hotel and had to be there to interact. And I guess maybe a, a question might be uh, that in the future, maybe you'll have it as uh, virtual and uh, in, in real person uh, time. John, I think the pandemic has taught us a lot. And I think that we've learned that we don't always have to be sitting in the same rooms to get together. Um, I think a lot of us miss those in-person interactions. So we're looking forward to getting back to that. But I think there's components of both that can be implemented. Um, one thing we've done since COVID um, happened is we've pivoted and we've done our clean energy beers, which was our signature networking event virtually. Um, we've actually had in, as many as 30 and 40 people on networking virtually um, on the first Tuesday of each month. So uh, we've, we've found ways to make it work. And I think that we'll find ways post COVID to um, not only get back together in person, but do things virtually as well so that we can let those people across the state or across the country participate in our events. Yeah, and I agree with that, John. I think many organizations and events are going to find an increase in their reach and just kind of rethinking what that reach is as a result of this last year. Uh, I just have to say, though, as an attendee of Grid Next for a number of years, I'm just going to miss the lunch. You know, you just can't duplicate the lunch virtually. Uh, so I look forward to being able to be with you guys in person again and maybe, maybe in the coming year. Uh, so where can people get information online uh, one more time about Grid Next? Uh, again, this is coming up April 20th and 21st, the annual energy event Grid Next from Cleantech's. Yep, so it's cleantech.org, so cleantx.org slash gridnext, or if they go to the website, there's a huge banner at the top of the page that'll take them to the Grid Next page with um, the schedule, information on the sessions, and how to purchase tickets. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining, guys. That's Brandon Costanero. He's the executive director at Cleantech's, and Ken Donahue, a board member at Clean Techs, and they're going to be hosting Grid Next uh, 2021, the virtual version coming up on April 20th and 21st. You can get on more information online, as Brandon was saying. Uh, you've been listening to Shades of Green with John Hoffner and Reed Sternberg on KOOP HD1 HD3 Hornsby, the pre recorded virtual version. And uh, you can find more information about Shades of Green at shadesofgreenmedia.com. We're also on iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you so much for listening.